Well, it's great to see you again, Matt. I just, I got to get one thing out of the way before we start. We forgot a very important theme song last week, talking with our friend Tom. We forgot the, the okay. What was it? Which, which theme song? So there's a TV show called Monk, and Randy Newman wrote a song. Oh. <laughs> I could be wrong now. Yeah. It's a jungle out there. How, how did we like, blank on that, huh? That's one of the all-timers. We live on that song. Yeah, we, we thrive on that one. I don't know why, how we forgot that. No, it's in um, the water that you drink. Well, I do. Actually. His, that's it, his best song. Like, that's better than Sail Away. Yeah. Yeah. I think by a lot. Mm, I uh, love LA. Like, forget all that. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a jungle <laughs> out there. That's me on the podcast. Sharing a song with something to say about it. With Thin Lear and Niagara Moon. Losing my opinion. I think everyone enjoyed having Tom back. Yeah. That was nice. It's nice to see him again. Uh, and your 8-bit uh, thing, whatever that was, that was good. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. I enjoyed that. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Thomas, now that I'm an influencer, mm-hmm. uh, I really feel like I found my calling in life. What's that? Like, my whole attitude has changed since joining TikTok. You know, I'm just like a new person, I would say. You're dancing all the time. To the dance challenges. I mean, just to get the opportunity to deliver content in 20-second blips is just like, it's everything that I love about music and more. You know what I mean? All right, cranky old man. <laughs> uh, um, hey, I mean, with 20 seconds, you can get a lot done in that time. Yeah. Talk to, talk to Matt Farley. Well, he's a master at the snippet. He is. He is indeed. Uh, well, I have a really stupid uh, topic today Ooh. as opposed to other days. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to get dumb. <laughs> We're going back to back stupid here, which we shouldn't do, but... We're, we're dipping anyway. in twice. Well, before we, we get all uh, dumb in here, I just want to say this is uh, the Losing My Opinion podcast. Uh, I'm Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin, indie musician, and uh, all the critics love me in New York. Mm. Wow. wow. That's, there's a lot of critics there, so that's you really <laughs> dominated the market. Uh, I am indie musician Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo, uh, and, and now I'm an influencer, so... You know, there's a lot of uh, responsibility yeah. that comes with that, but I'm ready to to take it head on. You got to start hyphenating your title. You're not just musician. You're TikTok influencer, musician, actor, musician, podcaster. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> Everybody's favorite uh, activist. Actor, actor, musician, activist. Um, well, today we're going to look at a genre of music that is mm-hmm. um, rightfully maligned. Uh, I don't know if we're going to like any of these songs. So, okay, if you can remember back to when we did our Creed Nickelback yeah. episode, which everyone hated, by the way, <laughs> and that was fine that they didn't like that. Uh, we played a song at the end. I don't know if you remember this. So Scott Stapp wrote and performed a tune for the Florida Marlins. Yeah, that was the highlight. I genuinely, like, I hummed that song to myself sometimes. That that song was good. I don't regret doing the episode. Come on, yeah. you will shine. That was glorious. Uh-huh. Just that one Talking tune. Talking about stolen bases yeah. and double plays and whatnot. Uh, it honestly wasn't that bad. But my goal today is to determine, is there a well-written sports song? Oh. 
like does it exist is there a sports song that transcends the genre or is it just always novelty take and me out to the ball game okay so we're not going to count that song or or songs that are so entrenched in being at the stadium or whatever that they could not possibly exist on the radio like you're not mm. you're not going to be on the subway uh, listening to Take Me Out to the Ball Game on headphones, unless you are mm. completely out of your mind. Does the theme song for Space Jam count for today's category? We're going we're gonna to get into okay. that. We're also not going to count songs like We Will Rock You or Seven Nation Army or um, whatever that Gary Glitter song is. Because oh, Yeah, those were, uh, those were appropriated. Those were originally general use, and then sports fans glommed onto them. Thank you. Yeah, it's we're not looking for songs that resonate in sports stadiums. We're looking for songs about sports. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Are there any songs that that you can think about aside from the ones that you've mentioned so far? Ooh, give me give me a second on this. Um, there's not a lot of. There's like some electronic music songs, like dun 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 dun. dun. I don't know. Yeah, but it's got to be about sports. It's got to be about sports. Which means it has to have lyrics. It has I mean. to have lyrics. Yeah, that does, that narrows it down. Because really then we're talking about the Chicago Bulls, like entrance music from like 96 yeah, 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 yeah. is probably the best sports well, song. I mean, I also have to qualify here. I'm a, I'm a torp who doesn't watch or play sports. So this is, this right. is way not my, uh, my usual convo here. You weren't aware that sports existed until you were like 22. Right? No, I actually learned about sports through this podcast because we were going to, oh yeah, one of our first episodes, you said you were doing this instead of something called a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, the Super Bowl. The Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. Somebody, like people play sports on the ball. Super Bowl. People try to catch it. Yeah. With both hands. I, I don't enjoy watching the Super Bowl, but I enjoy watching people watch the Super Bowl. I, sure. I like seeing yeah. different people's reactions to something I have no stock in. That's that's fun to watch play out. Yeah, I'm with you there. Do you know that the halftime? This is you're gonna cut this later, but did you know that the halftime show was used to just be like marching bands and shit? Like it wasn't oh, like <laughs> it wasn't you a spectacle. It wasn't like uh, really until like the Michael Jackson era, then it became you know a thing. Wow. But really before that and the decades before that, like the 70s or whatever, it was like more of a you know just to have a marching band come out and boring. I want to see right. Madonna. Um, I almost included a Madonna song today, but I decided against it. Uh, we're going to start with a song by a guy named Terry, <laughs> Terry Cashman. Terry Cashman. Terry Cashman. Uh, the song is called <laughs> Talkin' Baseball. Uh, yes, there is uh, an apostrophe and no G on that in case you were Talkin baseball wondering. Um, this song, so for starters, I'll give you a little backstory on Terry. This dude played minor league baseball with the Detroit Tigers. So he's right. got some skin in the game, right? He's not messing around. This is a song that I first heard on The Simpsons uh, as a parody called Talking Softball. Okay. Uh, it's really just part of an excellent all-around episode. It's a song about 50s baseball. Came out in 81, but it kind of sounds like a mid-70s song. Ooh. Uh, the arrangement and vocal style. It's actually not too far out of bounds from like uh, the Cheers theme song. Okay, I like the sound of this so far. That's a sweet spot for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting tune. And I want to see, there he is. Do you, feel, um, do you feel like this transcends the genre? Is this a song that you could listen mm. to okay. outside of the stadium? All right. I, I get the I like this thesis. I'm I'm prepared to uh to weigh in here. Sure. 
I'm sure I'll be able to generate an opinion soon enough. Two guys that have very little interest in sports. I feel like we're well suited to make this call. You never played anything in your day? Wrestling, that was your your deal. It was martial arts, uh, jiu-jitsu, some boxing, some kempo. But no, no team sports. It was all solo stuff. So So, wait a minute. Does Simon and Garfunkel's The Boxer count for today? Well, that's number one, isn't it? If it does count, uh, no, that I wins. Didn't put it in that, that's about the sportsman, though. That's not about the, the love of the game, <laughs> shall we say. It's not really so much about throwing jabs. You know, I, I, tried, to, I tried to pick songs that... Uh, it's about the jabs that life throws you. We're squarely about, like, playing the sport, yeah. and there was kind of no question. I mean, the boxer is like, if we're going to count that, then we could just stop the podcast just now. Be like, is that, obviously, we'd have to narrow it down to, is it best song ever? It's a thousand times better than all of these songs combined, but yeah, we're not going to count yeah, it. That's it's- Terry Cashman, first and foremostly, was a uh, an athlete, and we want to we mm. want to listen to his, him dipping his toe in the world of music. Oh, he did more than that. Oh, he did. He had okay. like some. He he had a couple of hits with an earlier oh, band. Then he okay, was like okay. a producer, and he did his thing. This is his his highlight though, right. in terms of like national recognition. Kind of looks like Louis C.K. a little bit. A uh, little bit. So what what's uh, what's the name of the song again? Talking baseball. I do kind of like this song. I'll admit, right up, right up top. All right. This is part of the song. This little do to do thing. Yeah, yeah. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all. That's smooth. Rock and roll was being born. Marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national Sounds like Randy Newman. Oh, that is extremely insulting. It's got the Newman bop. Sure. It's a good song. Yeah, this is solid. Yeah, it's enjoyable, right? Well written. And it's way more soft-spoken than you were having me believe here. Yeah, this is not a song that you would be, like, screaming. This is like if Pixar made a really small-scale, like, baseball movie. This would definitely make an appearance. Sure. It's a nice arrangement. Spends a lot of time naming players. Oh, come on. I mean, that's half of engaging in sports is just naming rattling players. off statistics and numbers and last names, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I dig this. I feel like I don't, I don't know if we're going to top that. that. That was pretty cool. It's a good one. Do you feel, though, I mean, here's the question. I don't, I don't I, as much as I like it, I do not think it, rises past the novelty as memorable as that melody is as nice as as pleasant as the arrangement like i can't see myself listening to that on headphones just like enjoying it for what it is you're not gonna like me for saying this but if that snuck its way into you know a track list of a classic randy newman album i totally would listen to it every time it came on wow so we might have just accomplished what we set out to accomplish immediately. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a little forgettable. It's not doing anything, you know, super amazing. But if you t- you tell me there's a song that's just all about baseball and being a baseball fan, that's about as as good as I'm going to expect. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. It's cute. Uh, well, okay. So we're going to pivot sports now. We're going to we're right. going to pivot sports. 
we're going to move to basketball. All right. To a song called um, Basketball. Mm. This is by Curtis Blow. This one comes close for me to kind of doing it uh, because it's just hilarious. Uh, he talks about liking the way people dribble up and down the court. He's talking about liking slam dunks, just kind of like naming different elements of the game as is often happening in these sports songs. Uh, but the chorus is super catchy. I, I know that you know this song. Uh, I feel like this one really stands stands out, and he names a whole lot of players. It's very very similar mm. <laughs> to the to the song we just heard. Yeah, I mean the NBA should have like paid this guy to write this song. It's almost like he wrote it on spec for them to promote the NBA. Okay, all right, I'm getting I'm getting into it. It's just called basketball, though. That's a little bit of a, a letdown. Although I guess they knew they were first in the market. You know, I mean, why not, right? If there hasn't been other basketball songs written yet, I mean, there's not a whole lot out there. You might as well just kind of get it. There's also a remix version of this song in the movie Space Jam, uh, which I loved as a kid. And you brought that up. So this might be the song you're referring to. I don't think no, that it is, a, though. No, it's the song they wrote for the Space Jam movie that says Space that? Jam over and over. I don't know. It's Space probably Jam. called Space Jam. Okay. Yeah, I didn't count that one. It's not a lot going on there. <laughs> so Curtis Blow, did he do anything else besides uh, this little basketball number? So he did this song called The Breaks which is like a great, great early hip-hop song. Hmm. And he has that kind of like really staccato sort of like explanatory flow. I went to the store that, and I got a sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it was right. the time, yeah, yeah. you know, early 80s. That, that's, that's what was hip. Yeah, he's doing his thing and he's, he's doing that here. He's doing that on, on this track. Uh, but this is great. I think you'll hey. like this song. Hey, I, I got yeah. nothing against old school rap. Slick Rick. Sure. Well, uh, Slick Rick, I think, is a bit elevated from this, but... Lotta dotty. <laughs> All right. Curtis Blow, basketball. So is he going to be rapping about basketball or singing about it, or both? Um, there's a little bit of both in this song. Cool. I don't know about this one so far. You not like this one? This is... Here he is. No, this is dumb. Come on. No, I like this. He likes slam dunks. This is for hipsters. He really, really stuff. named out the, the plays. I love I love this chorus. It's enjoyable. Oh, this is <laughs> this ain't doing it for me. No, well he's gonna name some more players now. He's got the same haircut as Jules from Pulp Fiction. He does. And that's probably the only song that Jerry West is name dropped in. I would guess. Okay. Yeah. It, eh. it, I mean, it kind of does this for another two minutes. You, you asked me with the other one if it would hold up, you know, with the novelty removed. This is like I'd have to be just a fan of all the the people he's talking about to be like, oh, that's cool that he fit that in there. Ah, but otherwise, like okay. that is just a nothing. That's a nothing old school rap song. That that, that had no okay. no energy behind it. Not breaking out of the genre for you. Okay. okay. As far as I'm concerned. 
uh, I was going to play you the Super Bowl Shuffle, but I decided against it because, uh, I mean, one, it's not a good song. And we can't really call it like an artist writing a song about sports because it's the Chicago Bears performing Stop it. So. Bears. Uh, it's really fun, but not right for this. So sorry, everybody expecting that. All right. So we're going to play a song now that skirts the line between novelty Ooh. and a legitimate tune. It was a massive hit. I still don't think it rises out of the weight mm, of the genre, okay. but y- you'll see. John Fogarty, Centerfield. So never heard this CCR, song. I know, I know never Creedence Clearwater. CCR, <laughs> I know him well. I'm a CCR fan. Uh-huh. I don't think I know one John yeah. Fogarty song. I mean, yeah, they're an incredible band. This is John on his own. This was a huge hit. Uh, now, my little brother was in the Police Athletic League team where we grew up. So I've heard this song at least, I would say, 50,000 oh, times. Boy. Not a fan of this one. Uh, in fact, I actively dislike it because it's like mm. John Fogarty using his powers for evil. And you don't, you don't like a lot of 80s stuff. You don't like the like 60s, 70s rock stars doing the 80s thing. That's kind of... I mean, usually that's when everyone kind of adopted a shit style. <laughs> Uh, this is just, this isn't even about the production or whatever. This is just a, uh, an attempt to resonate in sports stadiums and, and he succeeded like it's in there, but I hear him thinking about that as I listen to the song. Oh, it's like too calculated. It's, it's transparent yeah. to me. Yeah. It's, it's uh, not heartfelt like, uh, like the Creed one, the Marlins. No, honestly, that one was more heartfelt than this one. Uh, and I know I'm basically wrong because it went double platinum, the album that it was on. And the album was called Center Field, too. Mm. Um, he really went all in with his career on this one then. Really into the center field. Uh, it definitely resonated with people outside of sports stadiums. But like, I don't think this transcends the genre. I think a lot of people would point to this song as being, you know, one of the, one of the big ones. But I, I don't know. You, you see what you think. All right. Even this is just whack. Oh, Ken with the ripping off La Bamba. There's a lot of La Bamba rips out there. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's my man. There he is. Yeah, I mean it's him. He's doing his thing. This sucks. Yeah. I had to think about it. Why though? Why does it suck? It's got no imagination. No wait, you wait for the chorus. Here we go. This is like what Tim and Eric makes fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, using the powers for evil. I'm, I'm on board right. with you now. I know what you okay. were saying there. All right. Because I hear the machinations yeah, yeah, going yeah. of somebody who knows how to make a really great song, and they're like, ah, fuck all that. Just stick these simple chords and just give the, give the people what they want. Rack, rack in the dough. Yeah, yeah. He's allowed to do that. He wrote a lot of great yeah. songs, but he, he did his time. A, this one's not for me. All it's right. A, the idea of hearing that also, it, you know what? It sounds like it's like the theme song to some like forgotten, just kind of dumb, airy, like 80s comedy. But the idea yes. that that becomes a classic or that you have to hear that 50,000 times in a row when yeah. your brother's 
in the police force that uh yeah this should have been like on, in meatballs too or yeah something. there you, you know, go like some, yeah yeah right it's it's uh, yeah it's empty yeah all right so we're gonna move on to a different sport all right ll cool j song's called football so there's not a lot of imagination with these titles basketball football uh this is like a worse version of curtis blows basketball uh it was in a movie called wildcats with Goldie Hawn. Wildcats. Uh, the bas- the basketball song came out like a year or two before this. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, you're not going to like this one if you didn't like Curtis Blow's basketball. Kind of like LL Cool but, J from my exposure to uh, him. Maybe you like football better, though. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Wildcats. Man, there are just... That's a movie that just was never going to be on my radar. There are just some... <laughs> Some some projects out there that are forgotten outside of a certain just, audience. Yeah, yeah. Totally forgotten. <laughs> yeah. As will the stuff I like a few decades from now. Maybe. Yeah, this is the one that I was playing at the dinner table last night uh, where my wife was like, what is this podcast going to be about? <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. Stomach turning, this one. Oh, man. And heck, I'll probably like this more than any of the other ones. You probably, this will be your favorite. Yeah. yeah. I don't see, honestly, I do not see how that will be possible, but maybe I'm wrong. All right, here we go. There's a bit of a preamble here. A little bit. That's the whole thing, huh? It's the sport of kings Better than diamond rings That's why we're here That's to sing That's on That's on what he just did, I don't Sunday Give it a shot in the snow Referees whistle blows Weekend warriors toe-to-toe Football Football The old-timers Do you remember their names? Like Bronco Nagurski and Night Train Lane Bulldog Turner My man Sam Huff In the snow and the mud They were still real tough Crazy legs hurt. And remember Raymond Berry asked me if remember this guy? Remember that guy? All of these songs are He's cool. similar in that way. That beginning part did not fit. I stand by no, what no, I, I said. Like I love that part. I like his flow better and his, his voice, but sure. I gotta, I gotta like these people. I don't remember any of them. I have amnesia. Oh, that was a bad lyric. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's right. just a rap yeah. then with, with a weak-ass intro. Very disappointed. I love the intro where he says the word football. Football. <laughs> yeah, it's like really dead. <laughs> it's like meek. <laughs> he says it. it's a real flimsy opening. Okay. All right. That's we got two more. You, you got two more? Suck. Jesus. We got two more. You could, I mean, feel I free feel to- feel like an athlete here. Feel free to cut any of these. I just, there's, there was a lot that I wanted to include. No, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Okay. Uh, I end with one that I actually like. So. Okay. Uh, all right. The next one is about a different sport. It's about hockey. So it's uh, Warren Zevon. Oh, I like him. Now Now I'm waking up here. I'm a fan of him. Uh, hold, uh, hold, hold that thought. <laughs> okay. uh, the song's called Hit Somebody, the hockey song. All right. Keeping his humor going got here. Got, a, got the old uh, black comedy. Not my favorite Warren song. Uh, it's not bad. It's like pretty novelty. Uh, he says hit somebody in the chorus, and it's... 
Send goalies, yeah. pucks, and money. <laughs> that would be better if he just like weird out his own song. All right. Hit somebody the hockey song. This is from the album. Mm-hmm. My ride's here. Okay, so this is right before uh, he met his maker. Yeah, this is a, a later song. All right. Maybe you'll like this one. I yeah. don't know. I mean, he is the musician's musician, if anybody was. Oh, yeah. Songwriter is songwriter. I keep t- trying to figure out how I would introduce him for an episode, uh, just beyond just having like the great all-time grunts in rock history. Oh, so good. Louis comes in money. Yeah. I mean, there aren't too many songwriters who, I mean, the first time I hear their songs, I laugh out loud at certain lines, and yeah. he's, he's one of them. All right, here we go. It's got a good opening. Chord changes are not bad in the verses. He was born in Big Beaver by the borderline. He started playing hockey by the time he was nine. His dad took the hose and froze the backyard. Little buddy dreamed he was Rocket Richard. He grew up big and he grew up tough. He saw himself scoring for the Wings or Canucks. But he wasn't that good with a puck. Buddy's real talent was beating people up. His heart wasn't in it, but the crowd ate it up. Through peewees and juniors and midgets and mites, he must have racked up. What's wrong with this one? Yeah, the Warren Zevon, it's a Warren Zevon story song. Well, wait for the chorus, though, I think. Said there's always room on our team for a goon. Son, we've always got room for a goon. There were Swedes to the left of him, Russians to the right. A check at the blue line, looking for a fight. Brains over brawn that might work for you. What's a Canadian farm boy to do? It's somebody. What else can a farm boy from Canada do? It's somebody. What's a Canadian farm boy to do? It's somebody. What else can a farm boy from Canada do? It's somebody. I want to put that in our soundboard. <laughs> we have a soundboard? Um, all right. That's that song. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I think I still like the first one that you showed me, uh, Talking Baseball, over that one. That's going to be okay. my second favorite. Uh, okay. It's maybe a boring thing to say, but the story he's telling doesn't really fit with the melody. The melody and the, the vibe of the instrumentation, everything is going one way, and then the story and like the point of the song it feels like it's going another a little bit. It feels like a mm, like okay. those lyrics could have dropped into something better or the, the the chords could have been used for like a song that would have been more of a classic. Like it kind of mi- mi- mismatched there a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite one of his. It's definitely Hip a somebody quality to it. That is ridiculous. Um Football. Yeah, that, that, those are our two sort of catchphrases for today. Uh, all right, we're going to end on a song that I actually really enjoy, and we'll see what you think about it. It's a, by the Felice Brothers, uh, modern band, and it's called Cooperstown. So we're going back to baseball. What's, what's Cooperstown? What's that significance? Oh, that's where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Oh. Yeah. I live near the mm-hmm. Volleyball Hall of Fame. 
Uh, wow. where, 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 what state is Cooperstown in? New York. Oh. Yeah, I went there a couple times when I was a kid. Wow. It's not bad up there. And this is an upstate New York band. Um, so this is like right up their alley. Uh, this song is genuinely about baseball, but he also makes it about relationships. And um, it's very dramatic. And I, I like it. So these guys are, are new on the scene? They're, they're contemporary? Uh, no, um, yeah, they are contemporary, but they've been around for a okay, while. Okay. I mean, this is like maybe late 2000s gotcha, they gotcha. started, I guess. All right, Cooperstown. Album is Yonder is the Clock. Love that album. For anyone who likes this song, check out that record. The Felice Brothers. Sports song? It is, yeah. He gets to it. Sure, he does. It's not even titled after a sport. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> Most human beings know what Cooper's Town signifies. We might have to, uh, the, the, the sports part starts in the next stanza. He's taking a sweet old time. He's taking time to get to it. Yeah. I like the harmonium, accordion, whatever that instrument is. Yeah. This is where the sports reference right. comes yeah. in fully. It's a player. So how do you feel about today? What are the, what are the songs you gravitated yeah, towards? I still... I did the best I could with these. So my top three, I still like the talking baseball just hit the smoothest. That was a fun, jaunty, yeah. Newman-esque melody there. Uh, I thought the lyrics were woven in cleverly. Uh, probably Zivon's going to get my number two slot. It's still Zivon, you know, giving it his all. This one... Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the experience of listening to that song was a little bit like my relationship to baseball itself, where it's like... Clearless, clearly, this means a lot to people. There's a lot going on here. It's not for me, but mm. I, I get why uh, why people respect it. And then fucking LL Cool J there with what ball? That, that's probably last. Yeah, that was probably yeah, that's, last. Uh, firmly in last place. Uh, I like the Curtis Blow song though. I think that's that's fun. It makes me laugh. Um, all right, we've done it. 
We did We've it. We've done it. And we couldn't we couldn't include Scott Stapp's song because we talked about it previously. Yeah, that, so. that beats them all. That goes without saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's number one. All right, so I'm going to um, pass you the ball mm. now. Oh, I'm going to thro- throw it on over. Oh, you got it. There you go. Something that would not happen in reality. Oh. <laughs> Ow, I, I bent my pinky. <laughs> Break all of the bones yeah. in your arm. Uh, what do you got for me? Losing my opinion. What do I got? So I want to talk about an all-time classic musical duo. Okay. So who comes to mind under that category? Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, we're not talking about them. Who else? Uh, other people that are pairs. Come on, you, wh- what's an iconic pair? They're on the tip of your tongue. You know them. You love them. You probably don't love them. Hall and Hall Oates. Hall and Oates. Oh, my God. You're talking about I'm Hall and Oates I'm talking about today? Hall and Oates. You know, I know my feelings about Hall and Oates are similar. Well, Wham is another one. Uh, and, and I feel very Can't similarly two, about but go on. both of those bands. They're not, re- they're not related. Pairs. They're, they're no. both pairs. Yeah, that's true. They are both pairs. And I feel sort of similarly about both where like people shit on both of do them. Do they? Um, o- yeah, I think on, so. On Hall Notes, they do? I think so. Well, I think Hall and Oates, for some reason, they got a pass. For like, some reason. Crowd. I'll tell you what the reason is in a minute. But keep going. Why that is. But, you know, they each each pair has some great whale-constructed and performed whale constructed. pop songs. Dolphin-approved. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, But I can't say I'm going to be rolling up my sleeves and digging into the B-sides. Oh, you gotta, though. So you're not, you don't really care about Whole Notes. You've probably heard a couple of their famous songs at karaoke and in movies, and you just don't care. That's, that's, I know the big stuff. Yeah. I know the big stuff. So I'm excited to talk about Whole Notes today. Look, we, we all know the, the big songs. You, you yeah. hear they're overexposed. Their, their image is undoubtedly goofy. Their haircuts and that just like overly upbeat 80s energy. Fun, fun they're sounding. They're fun. They got layers, donkey. Hall Notes is a little bit tainted for people like you in a couple ways, maybe. The album cover thing is rough. They got a lot of rough covers, a lot of, lot of garish, ridiculous images. I can't say I know. I can't say I know an album you'll, cover. You'll see them. a couple today, but uh, that okay. that's rough. Their their images is, is definitely visually goofy. They never had an album where like every track is a killer, really. It's like they. It kept being either killer or like really kind of weird or cheesy. Ultimately, though, like you could, if you were to make a greatest hits compilation, you could have three discs, and those three discs would Jeez. be chock full of bangers. At least two, probably three. That's a big claim. Because there's maybe not discs, vinyl records. Forty minutes is your cutoff, not eighty. Uh, <laughs> you, you get it's more than <laughs> okay. it's more than a double okay. album could hold, though. I think. With that qualifier, yeah. A cassette tape, half of a cassette tape. Yeah, they got a lot of great songs, and not all of them are the super famous ones. And the super famous ones, yeah, they're they're goofy. A lot of them, but I think those are great songs. There's depth, yeah. As you said, they're well written, expertly delivered. They've done a lot of great work. So, what's my thesis for today with Hall Notes? I wouldn't say that they're underrated because they're hugely successful, and I think a lot of people are aware of them as you know worth the the critical claim like i think a lot of people by this point have smartened up to like oh no those guys are classic songwriter performers like all timers i don't know the bird and the bee you know them 
Yeah. They did a, an album called Interpreting the Masters, where it's just Hall Notes covers. Oh, wow. Uh, and then one original that sounds like a Hall Notes song, which at the time I was like, oh, these, you know, deadpan hipsters, what a goofy joke. And then I'm like, oh, fucking, these are bangers. Like, hell yeah, mm. you do a covers album of, of Hall Notes. But uh, so I don't think they're underrated. I think they're underestimated. They'll surprise you. That's the thing. They got a lot of tricks up their sleeve you don't know about. All right, I'm waiting to be surprised. They'll, they'll get you. Yeah, you you don't know. I could imagine being surprised by them. I mean, I think if you if you're able to churn out some of the hits that they did, you're obviously incredibly capable as a songwriter. Hell yeah, you are. Uh, sort of no argument there. And like they released a lot of albums in their heyday. They started earlier than I think a lot of people know. They started in the early '70s. I mean, they didn't like hit hit until like almost ten years later. Uh, I'm curious to see what they would sound like at that point. Because I, I associate them with the 80s right. pretty squarely. They did a lot of great work in the 80s, but we are today going to just specifically look at their some of their 70s stuff. And it's it's going to surprise you. you. You don't know what's going on with them. They'll, they'll get you from the left, get you from the right. It's great stuff. I think a, another reason you might not be more keen on them is you really don't dig the Yacht Rock sound, if I recall correctly. Uh, you, you get seasick. Yeah. Yeah, I get seasick on the yacht. You get, you get queasy on the yacht. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if the song is great, the song's great. I'm not. I, I'm not one of those people who just like digs the sound itself and can be satiated no, just by that. It's got to be paired with yeah, great hooks, great a good song, uh, vocals. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing. Well, it's going to be my pleasure today to show you three Hollow Note songs. And again, what I'm saying here is they're they're underestimated. People don't quite know everything that's going on with them, but uh, you might come away with some uh, some some new info today. And uh, I want to start with a song that is a John Oates song. It's written by him and sung by him. And people write him off as, oh, he's the Garfunkel, like he's just there to sing harmony at best. No, he's a little more involved. Dude does a lot of stuff. He's leading the charge on the song I want to show you to, to begin here called Crazy Eyes. Crazy Eyes, okay. And uh, I love the song. It's just as good as any of the Hall classics. Uh, listen for the excellent groove, bass line, hooks. I love the chorus. I, I dig the song a lot. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to check out Crazy Eyes. This is off the album Bigger Than Both of Us. Wow. That's a great album title for a band that's a pair. It is. They really thought that through. Isn't it? Yeah. They're, they're clever. Say it'll look like rain 
What's the use? No, it's I mean, this is really just, they're doing the soul music thing, blue-eyed soul. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was <laughs> their whole foundation. That bass. I do love the production on this song. It's really... They worked uh, with Todd Rundgren for, on a previous album. They experimented. I love those drums. All right. I seem to have piqued your interest a little bit here. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I love the production on it. Those drums are killer. Mm -hmm. Um, I can say I love the song, but I've never been like a, like super, super into blue eyed soul. Uh, kind of guy but i did not expect that to come out of them mm, you underestimated you know, something, something that was that organic sounding i didn't think they i didn't think they did that well think again I mean, and cool acoustic guitar too yeah i, I really like the production the arrangement is, is great all right we're doing pretty good here so far yeah i also just hit the mic super hard so you're gonna have to whatever <laughs> scolded you all enough already can't do it anymore uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a great song. Where the lyrics, mind blowing, is the music itself. Like what they're doing is that super original. I don't know, not really, but it's they got game. That's it's just it's yeah. A there's great chops flow. there. Yeah. There's the undeniable chops there. Um, so we're gonna move right along here. Uh, that song was from so bigger than both of us was from '76. That was their fifth album. We're going to go Dang. back like a year to their fourth album. We're going to the uh, the uh, the eponymous. This one's called Daryl Hall and John Oates. That's the name of the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to play you a quite unusual tune here uh, called Grounds for Separation. It's essentially a breakup song, I guess even a divorce song. Um, this is definitely uh, a Daryl Hall number here. Um, mm. This one's a little bonkers. They got they got some, some weird ideas going on here, but it's always... This one captivated... Captivated the, captivated me, uh, <laughs> since I was young. It's got a, a Beatles flavor to it almost. I think it's like weirdly experimental in the way Paul McCartney will will start cracking into. Okay. So I'd be curious if you like this one, and you definitely are going to have thoughts on the cover. Oh boy, are they doing something weird? I mean, I'll just say, if you want to do the androgynous glam rock thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the way they did it here is a little funky, a little weird. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm eagerly anticipating this cover. Uh, <laughs> the little, like, are you guys uh, in the right photo studio? They're just, they're just, <laughs> yeah, they're really trying to go for the glam thing, but it just looks like, yeah, two like, advertising executives <laughs> in a glam rock band. And it, it doesn't fit the music either, but the music is, is great. I, I've always loved this song. I think this one has a killer groove. Grounds for separation. Here we go. Tin cat sound in a dead-eyed crowd Turn a sane man crazy And a crazy man sad I can fight with the best But I can only go So many rounds I like this. And that's grounds for separation
Yeah, it's this is so McCartney. Yeah. It's like 74 or 75 a card. Yeah, huh? That's a great song. And fly away. It's got a bonkers B section here. Got it in me. Little Abbey Road. Yeah. Oh my god. Drums are just tight, and all these songs are playing. Isn't it a bit like oxygen? Alright, I think you got the idea there. Um, what's that song? Monkberry Moon Delight? You know that song? Uh, vaguely. Off, off our ramp? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. It's one of the weird experimental numbers. Yeah, yeah. that's a good song. I really like that. Yeah, they'll they'll surprise you. So I don't know. You've heard two. I got one more coming. But has your your view on them changed at all? Have I moved the mountain here? Totally, totally. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware that they've been around uh, that long, and that they had uh, sh- sort of shed these different styles in order to get to the one that really hit with mainstream. A lot of them. Crowds. Yeah, they went through a lot of changes. But always, yeah, they sound was, pretty restless. Yeah, it was still true to their uh, their vibe. But all right, well, last song I'm going to show you. We're going back even further. This is like their second album. This is 1973. 52. 73. Oh, 73. Okay. Uh, so we're we're getting pretty proto proto oats here. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah, it's it does the job, it, it, especially very early on in their discography. Oats had a lot more of a presence uh, vocally and I think contributed more like of his own original songs at that point probably oh, too. So what happened? Daryl Hall just started. I think they just fell into a groove where it was like, hey man, I like what I'm doing. You can lead the charge more if you want to. I'm still like obviously contributing a ton as Oats, but like, mm-hmm. you know, do I have to, I don't know, maybe just he ran out of crazy eyes. Mm. I have no, I'm sure there's interviews where they go into it in depth, but the band always they always seems to have uh, gotten along. I don't sense this. Yeah, they're cool with each other, right? They didn't have any sort of acrimony. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not a Hall and Oates expert over here, but uh, I don't think of them being like uh, bickering with each other the same way you had uh, uh, Fart Funkle and S and G Funk, yeah, yeah. Simone over there. Uh, I had a friend in college who gave me a Simon and Garfunkel CD, and he named it S and G Funk. And I was like, is this like a parliament record? Like, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And then I listened and it's like, oh, okay. Great fucking music, those guys. Yeah. You, you, you take that episode on. I can't even, I don't know what I'd do with them. <laughs> but my thesis is yeah. these guys all changed this all music great. forever. Um, no, we're going back to Hall Notes. And we're going to go to a song called Every Time I Look at You. Uh, we are not going to listen to the whole thing, but I do have to say the song is seven minutes long. It's got a few different parts. Whoa. It's a little proggy. Yeah, we're not, we're not cool. going to do the whole thing, but I got to show you just enough of it to give you a sense how it develops. Um, it's, it's a bit of a sweet musical suite. Mm. It's going to start out with the most 70s porn stash, just <laughs> log jamming 
shit you've ever heard. Like if the porn stash was a song, this it's this song every time I look at you. Mm. Uh, from the the Hall Notes second album, Abandoned Luncheonette. What is it called? The the song itself. The album. The album's called Abandoned Luncheonette. Abandoned Luncheonette. There was a luncheonette and then nobody was there anymore and they forgot about it. It's abandoned. Sounds like a Frank Zappa yeah. album. I don't know. The, this groove might be a little Zappa-y for you, at least in the beginning. But really, okay. Uh, we're gonna listen to the beginning part. You get a you get a sense of how it's gonna evolve, and then we'll I'll take you to the end eventually. Sure. Uh, every time I look at you. Yeah. Matt, stop taking off your shirt. Sorry. This is like... What's it like? I like that chorus. Oh yeah, it goes places. It doesn't just stay in porn land. How could you? This is like closer to, to young Americans type blue-eyed soul than I thought hey, they got. They're, they're also from Philly. That's a Philly oh, album, that Young Americans. Yeah. I don't know that. Blue-Eyed Soul, that's that's that era, David Bowie. That's cool. It's a cool... Oh, got a little brass. Yeah, that, that chorus is nice. Those changes are nice. All right, so there's like an instrumental part for a while, gets a little bluesier, you know, there's some, some jams going on. I'm going to take it to uh, a couple minutes from the end. Favorite part's coming up in a little bit. It's got to hold on a little longer.
Alright, how'd you like that one? Alright, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I, I love that. That was uh, really interesting. Yeah, it's a shame that they weren't recognized earlier because we would have gotten more of that, more of that restless experimentation. More of that impromptu banjo and fiddle doing a hoedown at the end of a, a seventies funk so. song. Yeah, it works. You know, Does it though? Uh, so look, I love the song. For but me, it works. When I first heard that, that was one of the all-time musical like what the fuck <laughs> like moments at least for me i was like that why is that where we're going in the song i mean i love it for its eccentricity yeah, it, def- but it doesn't make sense but i think it makes sense what was that talk that day in the studio <laughs> musically it, it it works for me though i mean i i wow yeah I, I i think it just fits with with what they're doing i mean um it's enjoyable in and of itself. I don't know what the rest of the record sounds like. It's but, got some uh, great... I mean, it's got parts that are a little, little loungy, but it's got one of my favorite all-time numbers of theirs. Uh, She's Gone. I think that's one of the best hits. That song. Who there. wrote that song that we just listened to? The one we just heard was... Do they just share... Cre- one we just heard was... No, they don't do the Lennon-McCartney thing. The one we just heard was Hall. Um, She's Gone is a Hall Notes collab, truly. Okay. Title track's pretty good. That's that's a haul. Uh, Las Vegas Turnaround is a great one. That's, said, that's, that's a, that leans <laughs> oats. You said, uh, that sounds like um, the Blue Jean Committee. You know, the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, band yeah. Fred Armisen and Bill Hayden. Yeah. That sounds like a song they would write. Uh, you said they don't have a full record that's like top to bottom classic. Nah, from they era. get close, but not really. You, you got to yeah. go to the... What are their best records from this era? I mean, even though it's... <sighs> It's tough. Abandoned Luncheonette has a sound they don't really do anywhere else that's really cool, but mm. they're still like mostly coming into their own. Mm. Uh, it's hard, man. The, I can't give you any one that has more good songs than like others. It's it's okay. like get get Abandoned Luncheonette, Daryl Hall and John Oates, bigger than both of us. Uh, voices. Uh, but then you you just got. Why don't you Why don't you put together? I, I'd have to make you mix. That's the only way to do it. I got to make you playlist. Here's a little homework assignment yeah. for our listeners. I think put together like a a playlist of early Hole and Oates stuff that people are, have not heard um, of, like you know, ten to fifteen songs, something like that. Just kind of cherry pick from these records and make make the greatest hits from the era. And if you link it somehow in one of our various social media sites, yeah, do that. Yes, I and it, but if anybody asks, I'd be happy just to. I'll I'll show you the goods. I'll I'll get you the the twenty must hear uh, Hall Notes tunes. Um, but yeah, would be curious to see what what fans find interesting as well. Um, and with all that though, what did we what did we learn today? What what did we make all I think this? We learned a lot today. Um, I definitely learned there's a whole other side to these fellas with the sunglasses here. I think we also learned that it's very difficult to write a good sports song. Usually it just kind of breaks down to people naming players and yeah. plays. and positions and bases. and Various positions, yeah. Right, dunking and whatnot. Yeah, well, I learned, uh, yeah, not much really. Hmm. Didn't, didn't really, I guess I learned a lot of uh, players' names, that's for sure, if I can keep them sure, on my I'm head. sure you'll retain all of that yeah. too, yeah. Got to write them all down. Well, hey, if you like this episode of Losing My Opinion... I'd like to think you'd go on and you'd go on and, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, you can rate the the uh, podcast or leave a review on your platform of choice. 
You can also follow Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or even TikTok. We're at Losing My Opinion. Mm. We share uh, clips from the show. Get to see our pretty faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I told you. I told you. Hall notes can surprise you. They'll, they'll get you when you're when you're not expecting it. And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Hall notes getting me when I'm not expecting it sounds dangerous. Um, proceed uh, at your own and risk. I, proceed with caution. And I'll say so long, suckers. And we'll see you next week. Football. Sunday in the snow. Referees, whistle blows. Weekend warriors toe to toe. Football.